It's another Saturday night, and now that Valentine's is finally out of the way, we can all go back to our regularly scheduled lives of social dysfunction. I'm in a glass case of emotion! And comedy. Tonight on the panel, it's a mixed bag indeed, with one very interesting new double-format show hitting the Toronto stage to yet another Montreal indie invasion. I'm Dean Young, and we're about to go Inside the Joke. Inside Jokes on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back to an all new Inside Jokes, baby, right here on 640 Toronto. And as ever, streaming coast to coast, nationwide, Canada wide, North America wide, planet Earth wide, everywhere where there's Tay Internets on Global News Online. Brought to you as always by our lovely friends at Hakeem Optical, if they remember that they still sponsor this show. Hakeem Optical, look! Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's just another Chinese spy balloon. Hakeem Optical, ladies and gentlemen. We have our producer, Vince Tedesco, (laughs) on the air with us. I am back this week. He is here as ever. Vince, how are you doing this week, buddy? Hakeem Optical gets you looking at UFOs. I'm doing great. (laughs) We We even shot a couple of those down over this country this week, eh? By the time this airs, six more may have popped up. I don't know what the H is going on, man. By H, do you mean Hyundai? Apparently, they're the size of small cars. Oh, there we go. Maybe we can get hey, them. another to... potential sponsor. Hakeem, <laughs> Hakeem Optical and Hyundai. Hey, we, why can't we land them? We've had Hakeem Optical for seven years and also a handful of Italian bakeries in Vaughn that Sandra Carusi used to be related to. So, you know, the sky is the limit. The sky, by the way, is where Chinese weather balloons are. Anyways, uh, we do do have a mixed bag of a show this week for sure. Uh, We have an interesting new double bill coming to uh, the Assembly Theatre here in Toronto. That's coming up on Queen West, which is a very interesting... First off, I love the name of this show, Baby Kombucha. That is very interesting, but it's a double bill. It's two comics doing very much their own solo show, so we're going to find out all about that. And then a little later on, we have another little bit of a Montreal invasion yet again. We have Michelle Forrester, who just made the move from Montreal to the Six. We're going to find out why. Is that still a goal for Canadian comics? Also, why the F would you want to pay twice the rent that you were paying? I don't know. Anyways, she did that. And then our good friend Eva Alexo is back once again, also repping the mean streets of Montreal. So again, it's a bit of a dual show here, Vince. There's a lot going on. Uh, We're coming out of the post-Valentine's doldrums. Lots of comedy to get into tonight. Right here, right now on Inside Jokes. Let's do it. Welcome back to Inside Jokes, baby, right here on 640 Toronto, and as always, streaming all over Take Planet Earth, courtesy of our lovely friends at Hakeem Optical, giving awkward comedians perfect vision while still avoiding direct eye contact. How about that? First up, we are going to chat with Saska DC, well, we think so, we'll see what she gets here, and Dan James, 
to Toronto Comics who are bringing an exciting new double bill show to Toronto's Assembly Theatre. Are we entering a new era of indie shows and bizarre new formats for new audiences post-Pandy? We will see. We have Dan James on the air right now. How are you doing, sir? What's up? I'm good. How are you? I'm excellent. I mean, this is one thing that I really wanted to pick both your brains on. And Sashka DC just jumped in. How are you doing today, Sashka? I'm great. How are you doing? It is nice to check in with you again. It's been uh, a minute, as the kids yes. say. Uh, but I know, so both both you and Dan have this very interesting, uh, which by the way, I love the titles of these shows, but it's sort of a double bill show that you're putting on at the Assembly Theatre. Um, and there's lots that I want to get into about that, not just what, you know, audiences can expect from this show and how sort of you two specifically paired up to do this whole thing, but also new formats. Toronto Toronto's comedy scene was really honestly built on sort of I hate to say alt comedy because at this point it's sort of a tired old catch-all term, but yeah. I mean it really was, you know, that was sort of the boon of independent stand-up that really built Toronto comedy. I mean, that's you know, comedy bar used to be this weird little rogue basement space where all these unknown comics would just experiment with new formats, and now it's now it's, it's sort of bar. cult brand in in not just Toronto but in Canadian comedy. I mean, now there's a second comedy bar, and now it's sort of the place to go and play. It's built into an entirely, you know, full-blown brand in Canadian comedy. The late, great Bad Dog Theatre. I mean, so many rooms like that in Toronto were built off of comics experimenting with new formats and and doing alternative independent things that nobody else was doing on stage. So, I mean, I, uh, I'll i pick your brains on that first off. I mean, how did this how did this whole show come together? How did you two specifically pair up for this? And I'll really throw that to just both of you. So, I was... I was planning a half hour for a while, um, but for me, I I didn't think that I just wanted to do it by myself. And I also, I know most people do, if it's just a half hour, it's 25 minutes, you would do that with maybe like two or three other people on the lineup. And I was like, you know what? It feels like a nice idea to do something with someone else and to like fill out the 90 minute show slot with like two separate things, like a two for the price of one type situation. Yeah. Um, and it's I like a grind house. Exactly. That was that was Sashka's. Sashka had the inspo for our poster, which was like a seventies double feature style thing, which was yeah. where it came from. Um, yeah, and it it means that we can go into something where obviously we're creating our own solo shows, but also the whole thing is a collaboration. Like we're thinking about how it looks, what kind of content we're talking about, like who we're having open for us. It's a sort of it's a package, but with two separate parts. Mm. I love um, it. I from, I mean, oh, sorry, Sashka, go ahead. Oh, it's okay. I was just going to say, um, Dan actually proposed the idea of like, he's like, do you think you'd want to do this with me? And I'm like, honestly, I can't think of anyone else who I feel like I vibe with a lot. Like, first of all, we're both queer people in Toronto. I think that although he has a British accent, I feel British inside. Like, I feel the pressure. <laughs> and... I don't know, like, if you've ever worked with Dan, you'll honestly know that he's, like, such a hard worker. Everything he does, he succeeds at. So it's just, like, really easy to say yes to someone like him. And well, I, I would not have asked just anyone. So I, Sashka is, I don't know if we're allowed to swear, but very effing funny. Um, and I saw her... Oh, do, you like, can. We can bleep set. it. Okay, yeah. Sashka is hilarious. <laughs> there you I go. Hadn't, I hadn't seen her do, like, a, a longs-ish set in a while. And I saw yeah. her do one, and I was like, oh, I need to, like work with this person to do a show together because we're like different but also I think complementary in terms of like our styles 
Which I think is interesting. I mean, and it's funny that you point out the whole like you know seventies double bill movie poster thing. But I think it it also is. It's an interesting format for audiences coming out because as much as you two do mesh well together and have so much in common, your styles on stage are vastly different as well. And obviously that that 30 minutes that you're 30 minutes plus that you're both doing is a very specific sort of headlining set from each of you. So for audiences coming out and, and especially any new audiences, it really is a very it's sort of a varied experience that they can walk away with. Yeah, I like. I think that I know who my audience is and the particular type of people who will get certain sort of in-jokes that I'm telling. But also at the same time, um, I love to have audiences that are peppered with people that maybe don't know stuff about queer culture that I'm talking to. And then they kind of laugh as they're learning about things. Um, and I think because our audiences overlap, but also they diverge at some points. It means when we bring them together, we have a really nice mix of like, we know who we're speaking to, but then there's also other people that may not have come to our shows to begin with, which is why it's so cool that we're able to mix them. Well, it's funny too, because I think some of this whole, you know, some of these new formats and experimental formats that always existed specifically in Toronto comedy, that was also sort of a hangover from the fact that at the time, pre-Pandy, we just call it Pandy on this show, let's make it <laughs> fun and jaunty. But at that time, Toronto was honestly so oversaturated with mics. And I mean, you know, from dive bar, amateur, sign up and go up open mics to, you know, independent shows and great rooms and all this stuff. But Toronto was really in a way kind of oversaturated at the time. So comics sort of had to start getting really inventive and creative with new formats that nobody else was doing and sort of going really high concept with things, uh, show names that just sort of like would grab an audience by a jugular, just stuff that would jump out on a show poster or on a Facebook ad that would grab an audience because there's so much going on. You had to be that one person sort of screaming and waving in the room to get somebody's attention. So that's why a lot of these bizarre show formats came up and a lot of these really sort of inventive platforms and titles and all that. It's interesting because this double bill that you were both doing it's something really unique that nobody else is doing right now. We're also in a much different landscape in Toronto comedy right now. This is the post-apocalypse, really. And, you know, a lot of those rooms don't exist anymore. The comics that are here now are either new faces or the comics that really just stuck it out through the entire pandemic and just did speakeasy shows and just kept going, going, going. So this city isn't really oversaturated like it used to be. It's sort of all this new growth after a forest fire in a way. So really, I mean, and we'll come back from the break with this, but you two doing a show like this and with these titles and it's something that is unique and completely original, you're doing it in a time where you don't need to do it to grab any attention. You're just putting on this show and it just is its own unique thing. It's it's not sort of a catch-all the way that shows used to be. Anyways, there's a lot more that I want to pick both your brains on. We're going to come back with more inside jokes coming up right after the break right here on 640 Toronto.
my name is Sashka DC. Uh, catch me on Kombucha Baby and Ew, a double feature with Dan James. Uh, you're listening to Inside Jokes. Welcome back to Inside Jokes, baby, right here on 640 Toronto. And of course, as always, streaming all over the universe on uh, the internet. On Global News Online, brought to you as always by our lovely friends at Akeem Optical. Keeping out those harsh UV rays this impending nuclear winter. How about that? Yes. Nobody, There's no better sponsorship than one that hearkens to the upcoming apocalypse. <laughs> Much like our Chinese <laughs> spy balloon earlier. And look at that, I did an F. I think Vince Tedesco, our producer, is on the line. Vince, I'm pretty sure in seven and a half seasons of this show, that's maybe my only F. I don't know. No, and you dropped it. F-bombs. Never have I dropped an F-bomb? While we're on the... Have, I don't know. Never right off the get-go. Uh, I'm not going to lie. It felt good. And I did it during a segue coming out of the commercial break. It felt fantastic. Anyways, we have Sashka DC back on the air with us. We have Dan James. They both have this very exciting new double bill, double feature show coming to Toronto's Assembly Theatre, which, by the way, I love the titles of these. So I kind of want to ask both of you what audiences can expect what sort of material tackling because you're basically both doing you know it's a, it's a co-headlining show you're ba- basically both doing your own sort of short special in a way yeah. so dan your show is called ew i love that it's grabs you by the junk <laughs> yep. the point so what i mean this is obviously something i mean you both came up in the toronto scene and you both you know have obviously these 30 plus minutes is something that you've both been honing for a while what's some of the stuff that you tackle in your side of the show dan that audiences can expect i like to think the way that i do my shows i want it just to feel like you are gossiping with a friend in like over a drink and so for me like that kind of involves bouncing around a whole bunch of different stuff generally it's a very queer show um I've managed to find a way to like bring in all my very sort of weird niche celebrity pop culture interests, which I think take up an alarming amount of real estate in my brain, like far too much. Um, and ultimately I just, I want people to have fun. Like some, for me, when I'm doing stand up, something during the pandemic clicked for me where I was like, oh, like I want to be do, having fun when I'm performing, which I didn't always, sometimes it felt like I was doing a job or I was having to work to get laughs out of people. And I was like, I just want to have fun. And right. in the moment I started doing that, audiences started just responding in a different way and they're having fun too. So for me, I try and make it into like a party. That's basically what it is. Which I think, I mean, everything very much does feel sort of, in Toronto comedy right now, everything does feel sort of very fresh and new and exciting. I mean, I keep on beating this dead horse, but it's it really is that whole idea of sort of new growth after a fire kind of, a th- you know, because we are seeing audiences come out that didn't, necessarily go and watch live stand-up before and again we were in a city that was kind of oversaturated and bombarded and it's like we're seeing all these interesting new shows pop up we're seeing a whole new wave of headlining comics and exciting Mm -hmm. upcoming comics we're seeing new independent clubs we're seeing all these wonderful rooms that have sort of sprung up and thrived the last couple of years it's kind of an exciting new boon i feel like in independent comedy in toronto which saska will throw that to you i mean this uh, and also i love that title as well kombucha baby we love it so much that we named this week's radio show. <laughs> First um, off, why why that title? What is your show all about? And again, what's some of the stuff that you're tackling in your half of this double bill? I think I'm the opposite opposite of James in that way. Where like, uh, 
I don't want people to come off easy. Like, I don't want them to have necessarily always a good time. Like, I want to find what you like, and I want to change your mind. And I want to find what you hate, and I want to convince you that you really do like it. Um, I My comedy is kind of like that, where, um, for instance, like, the title of Kombucha Baby is me hating on children and, like, taking all the things that people think are great about babies and just being like, actually, it's gross. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we here at Inside Jokes support that. We are we are believers <laughs> of the Milford Academy. Children should neither be seen nor heard, for sure. Uh, <laughs> but no, I mean, I love that. And and it, I think it it's funny, too, because I think one thing and sort of the way you're talking about the way that you want your set to go, Sashka, and the way your comedy in general is, it's interesting because I kind of feel like there's been a little bit of a reset in stand-up as well. I think audiences, and especially new audiences, are coming out wanting to just be able to, like, park their shit at the door, put the real world on pause for an hour, hour and a half. And remember that like, we're here to laugh and also laugh at the things in the outside world that are scary and big and that nobody else wants to tackle. Like it's okay to take the power out of that stuff and laugh at that stuff. I think we're kind of going back to the basics in a way in stand-up comedy. I feel like before the pandemic, there was a lot of like, Every everyone felt like everything in comedy had to have like a message attached to it and had to be a lecture in a way. Everything kind of like it was getting tough for a while to tell the difference between a Netflix special and a TED talk for a while instead. <laughs> and I think, you know, seeing shows like this and seeing independent comics producing shows that the way that you two are with this double bill, it's it's a throwback in a way to like remember this is what live standup is supposed to be all about to begin with. And I think audiences are appreciating that right now and hungry for it. Yeah, I think people, th whoever invented the phrase comedians are modern day philosophers, I'm sure it's accurate sometimes, but they have a lot to answer for. And sometimes people just want to have like <laughs> fun or they want to just listen to like strange, weird stuff with Sashka that will make them think differently about the world. But like, yeah, yeah, no one wants to. Well, I don't think most people want to go to a comedy show for a lecture about the meaning of life. I just want people to have a good time. That's my Well, guess. and it's, and again, I mean, you know, we've all spent the last couple of years, you know, streaming specials and listening to podcasts and listening to albums and da, 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 da. And all that stuff is great. And all that stuff has kept the comedy world afloat. And it's a massive part of the way things work, especially now. But still nothing replaces that feeling of going into a club or going into a theater and the lights come down and it's raw and it's intimate and it's organic and it's in the moment and it's exciting because there's always that element of like anything can happen there's nothing like live comedy it's sort of like sitting at home and you know watching the 10 million new marvel movies that you can stream on disney that's great you can do that at home not the same as going into a darkened movie theater though and forgetting about the real world for two hours and oh just i thought you're gonna go the other way drinking in that experience though you know so i mean yeah watching watching an independent double bill show like this in a theater like this that's something that you can't get from just you know i'm sure they could i'm sure this audience could youtube both of you at home and find clips of your stand-up and you know hear you on your on other comics podcasts and all that stuff it's not the same as going out to a live show though because there is that element of like anything can happen and i mean Dan and Sashka, I'm sure you both like, yes, this is obviously a very much a honed headlining set for both of you. But really anything can happen that night. Based yeah, on right. what the vibe is in the room, right? I mean, based off, there might be something that happens in the audience that all of a sudden you want to just riff on that for five minutes, whatever. You know, there's always that element of like anything can jump off. 
I think Sashka especially is very good at that. I am like, I struggle with crowd work. I'm someone that has like a script in my head. I am so precise, like down to a syllable. I like to think that I can pretend it's organic, but Sashka, I know like you are good at thinking on the fly when it comes to people saying stuff. I just like when there's a problem. That's the thing. Like, I, like, <laughs> I like when there's an issue. I like picking at it. I like figuring out, like, well, like, what's going on with that? Like, why do you feel that way about your mother? Like, I like to ask questions. Yeah. yeah. Live comedy is great for that. That's it's mm. it, it's an, an art form entirely built around the fact that there are problems in life. <laughs> <laughs> All right, before we let you both go, uh, I want to, for our audience at home, for our good listeners, where can we find you both on the socials, catch you in some upcoming shows, all that good stuff, and of course, where we can get tickets for this Double Bill show. Sashka, we'll throw that one to you first. Where can we find you coming up, and how do we go see this show? Um, well, I have a show that I do every Sunday, uh, second Sunday, which is called Sunday Seconds at Tall Boys. Um and then I have a show at Comedy Bar uh, that's called Rocket Science. And it's kind of like a monthly, but it's like random days. Um, obviously, we're doing uh, Ew and Kombucha Baby double feature um, at the Assembly. Um, I think that's every... Oh, I have an Instagram. It's Sashka DC. Um, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube is all the same. There we go. Dan James, where can we find you on Tay Internets? Follow you online see this show all that good stuff sir yeah you can find me on tiktok and instagram at dan james comedy and i have all the info about our upcoming show in my bio um so yeah come along it'll be a great party time there we go dan and sashka thank you both so much toronto do not miss it ooh slash kombucha baby i love both those titles coming up at toronto's assembly theater we will be right back with more inside jokes Dan James, uh, you can catch me on Double Feature with Saskia DC, February 24th at Assembly Theatre, and you're listening to Inside Jokes. Oh, the church is filled with losers, psycho or confused, I just want to hold the deal. Welcome back to Inside Jokes, boys and girls, right here on 640 Toronto, and as always, streaming all over the goddamn entire universe on Global News Online, brought to you as always by our lovely friends at Hakeem Optical sexy looking frames even canadian comics can afford how about that catch me inside <laughs> thank you again to dc and dan james don't forget they have their double bill show ooh slash kombucha baby love both those titles coming up at toronto's assembly theater but now we are switching gears we have another little montreal invasion happening here in the six we've got our good friend eva alexo joining us once again here doing some gigs in Toronto, and Michelle Forrester, who for some reason just went, you know what, I want to pay twice the rent, and um, 
go to a city where they got rid of any of the good old buildings and heritage and just put glass towers everywhere that no one lives in. Michelle Forrester is here in Toronto now from Montreal. How are you both doing? I'm a ma- masochist by nature, so this it just had to happen. I had to, you know... You know, uh, <laughs> I mean, our show is in Toronto. Uh, we love Toronto. It's our home. Um, but it's, you know, it has no character to it, I think. It's like Alec Baldwin said on 30 Rock. It's New York without all the things. Right, Abba? <laughs> I mean, Abba, you're still in Montreal. Montreal has just this sort of joie de vivre to it, right? Yeah, I mean, I would assume that's how people from Toronto would feel about Montreal. But I mean, look, every city has has its stuff, right? Toronto has its own personality, by the way. Yeah, like I went to Richmond Hill to perform last weekend at Jokers, and I I don't even think anyone lives there. Truly, I think no. Richmond Hill doesn't have no. That's there's like a Applebee's or something. Yeah, that's what it felt like. The energy was just like everyone goes to Applebee's. Yeah, yeah there was an Applebee's there. I would have been there. There wasn't even an Applebee's. There. Yeah, there's like Bed Bath and Beyond, and that's it. Nobody actually lives, you know. But Toronto itself has. We do have. We do have personality. But it is funny because I mean, Michelle, like, you know, we have Eva on this show once in a while talking about independent shows in Montreal and the stuff that she's producing and hosting. But you made this move to Toronto, and it's interesting. It's at an interesting time because Canadian comedy was always very much built around that exact move. The Canadian comedy, the whole pattern was always, you rise up in your scene, whatever your hometown is, whatever your comedy hometown is. So, you know, Calgary, Ottawa, Montreal, Halifax, blah, 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 wherever you rise up in your scene, you sort of get to the top of the heap and then you make the move to Toronto. And then you kind of come to Toronto and you go, but I was the, I headlined Yuck Yucks in Calgary and Ottawa all the time. And then Toronto would go, well, guess what? You're going to do free stand up in front of 12 open micers at the central at three in the morning. They don't give a shit. And then you come here and you sort of start from scratch and then you get your visa and then you leave this country and go to America. That's kind of how Canadian comedy always was. For you, what was the impetus behind this move? I mean, coming from Montreal, Montreal, I mean, comedy is so hardwired into that city to begin with. We in Toronto like to think that it just shuts down when JFL isn't happening, but that is very much not true. That is the polar opposite of true. But what was the impetus for this move? Because I think, I feel like the geography in Canadian comedy doesn't so much matter as much anymore, especially after the pandemic. Yeah, yeah. Well, so the the true impetus for the move was uh, I got into grad school and I kind of had no choice. I had to go. I applied to grad school in Toronto purposely, I think, to give myself a little kick in the butt. Um, Montreal's comedy scene is so mighty. And I say this all the time. It's small, but so mighty. The percentage of people that are amazing and so talented is like so condensed. And when you look at the ratio in any other city, I've never seen it. Like, it's just so many people, like so many talented people. But at the time, like, I mean, we're still like maybe in the English scene, we're like 100 people, like maybe 200 if you include all the people that kind of come in and try it one time and or to do it every three months. I felt I had like, I had more to learn. So I moved to Toronto. But the thing is, is that I am in Toronto and you're right. I, I it's a very humbling experience. You know, I got, I did all the summer. I like walked into Toronto. I was like, I've got these credits. I'm going to get booked. And I walked in and got like real slapped in the face. They were like credits. Everybody has credits. Like this, this doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. Um, and so, but you know what though? Like what I love about it is that I am doing open mics every night 
and I'm doing more than one open mic every night, but I love that process because I'm just getting, I'm getting better. I'm getting even better. It's like, I've leveled up past what I maybe would have been able to do in Montreal because the only thing Montreal lacks is, is workout mics. Like there's nowhere to really shoot, shoot your material around. Well, so and it also don't give it to me that. It also, yeah, like you said, it's humbling when you come to Toronto, regardless of how sort of high up you were in your scene, because you come here and you're like, oh my God, this is where they film Murdoch mysteries. It's really Hollywood North. I mean. <laughs> uh, this is where Murdoch mysteries are from, you know? But it, it was always funny seeing comics come from, I mean, Ottawa was always my favorite because Ottawa comics would just bounce back and forth between Yuck Yucks and Absolute. And that was a nice little life they had there. They would just go do two comedy clubs all the time and get paid sets. Then you'd come to Toronto and they would go, I'm doing this for free. Yes. Pretty much 90% of the time you will be doing this for free from now on. When am I up in the show? What, what spot am I in? 90th. Uh, So they come to Toronto and that's, you know, Eva, you know what it's all about. You're here doing gigs. That's why I feel like you come and then you get a taste and you do a couple sets and then you remember, and then you go right back to Montreal. It's a it's an ode to my commitment issues. Yeah, <laughs> I, I can't stay I can't stay in one place. But I um I started my first set ever was in Toronto in the Ossington in a basement. Ah, uh, great old spot. Yeah, yeah. So when I when I moved to um, Toronto in like 2016, I remember going to this like open mics. My friend was like, "Stop being a pussy cat." Can I yeah. say that? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Stop being a pussycat girls. 2004 pop band. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I remember I, uh, I, I uh, ingested too much green and drank too much beer. And I went on stage for maybe like 30 seconds and just ate it. And I was like, I think the one sentence I remember from that is like, sometimes when I bend down, I fart when I try to do yoga or something like that. But needless to say I ate it I bombed and I was like the happiest pig leaving so I was like that was the worst thing that could have happened that was it like now it can't get out of the way yeah sorry you know what's funny though we've been been talking about that a lot on this show lately but uh you know just how much the landscape in Toronto has changed and how all the venues are sort of these new places that have really sprung up the last couple years it's funny that you mentioned though the Ossington was one of those late great workout rooms that just it was a hangout for comics it was like a cheers for comics it was a spot where comics just would congregate and just go draw work out new material sometimes for a great audience and sometimes really just for each other but it was just a good one of those workout rooms that comics just love to to hang out in it's kind of funny too though Eva uh there you you kind of hit on something that I wanted to ask you both coming up after the break which is exactly that when is the last time that you truly ate shit and just fell flat on your face on stage. Cause I really do think it is. I think it's a necessary evil for comics. It's just such a part of the process. Cause you know, you have that run of shows where you're just like, I've been straight killing it. I've been nonstop, just absolutely smashing every show. And it's like, every, you get into that rhythm and every once in a while, I feel like you need to have that moment where you need to just really fall down flat on your face and completely eat it. I remember when I did stand up. uh, you know, I retired. You're welcome, Canadian comedy. But I remember that whenever I would be in that rhythm of like, all these shows are great and everything's going fantastic. And then you would sort of almost walk into a show, not really invested in it. You just kind of be like, mm, I got this. And then you would eat shit. And I used to keep those ticket stubs from those shows and put them on my fridge and be like, what did I learn from this? Oh, the answer yeah. is nothing oh, because now I just that. do this show. But you know, all right, uh, we're going to come back from the break. 
with more Eva and Michelle, more of our Montreal Indian invasion. We're going to ask them about good, healthy bombs that they both had right here on Inside Jokes. and you're listening to Inside Jokes and you can catch me bombing all over Toronto. <laughs> Everybody knows that the days are loaded Everybody rolls with their fingers crossed Welcome back to Inside Everybody Jokes, baby! Right here on 640 Toronto. It is post-Valentine's Everybody Day and that means we are back to the normal doom and gloom and self-destructive isolation that is canadian comedy we're talking another montreal invasion here in the six and brought to you as always by our lovely friends at hakeem optical because the planet keeps getting hotter and so can your selfies how about that we have eva alexo coming up in vancouver on jfl 42 and of course as always hosting and producing in montreal and got some dates here in toronto and we have michelle forrester who has made the move from montreal to the toronto comedy scene right here in the six Michelle, I guess we'll throw this one to you because Eva was kind of touching on it before the break about having a good healthy bomb one time at the late Great Central, another one of those cult heritage rooms in Toronto that we miss and love, that we lost during the pandy. We call it the pandy on this show because let's make that fun. Uh, But Michelle, when's the last time you truly ate on stage? Because I think it's healthy for comics. You need that scar tissue once in a while as a Canadian comic. I think I eat on stage like two to three times a week. Um, (laughs) I mean, well, mostly because I told you I am doing a lot of open mics with comics and comics are like the hardest audience. They're the worst, yeah. But also like oddly enough, the most satisfying to make laughs because if you can make a comic laugh, you can usually make anybody else laugh. Um, I love bombing. I think like Toronto is definitely, um, I mean, I used to bomb in Montreal too. Like, (laughs) I don't pick where I bomb. I just, you know, sometimes it happens, but I think (laughs) it teaches you so much. And for me, like, I was just talking to some comics about like, what's your process after you bomb? And we were all kind of just like exchanging things that we do. And some people listen to music and I tend to just go on the subway and like, I, I'm like, no, you're not going to listen to anything. You're going to think about what you did. (laughs) Like I put myself in timeout. And then I kind of give myself that time to go over and it, it motivates me to write. Like it motivates you to be better. It reminds you that like, you're not, like you said, you're not hot shit. You can have a few good streaks of shows and then you can show up and uh, an audience will literally look you in the eyes and say, we do not f- with you. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is true. Yeah. Like, 
It's kind of stayed, but there is always kind of a lesson in it. I, my favorite though is the worst thing that that other comics can always do is when somebody truly eats it on stage and then going up to them afterwards and be like, "Hey, good set!" Like, good no, set. oh no, my god, that is the worst I thing ever. Good set to anyone unless they had a good set, because I'm like, because I hate that. And there's nothing worse than someone just kind of pandering you and being like, "Yo, good set." It's like you were there for five minutes. There was pure silence. There's like, what is your definition of a good set? That's insane. Like. Yeah, I don't, think that, I don't think it helps any of us to kind of like, you know, just like, I don't know, jerk each other off. Like, I don't think that that's really <laughs> the way to do. You know what I mean? Like whenever, if Eva bombs or if I bomb and we go to each other, we tell each other, you're like, yeah, you ate shit. <laughs> like, go back to work, you know? <laughs> I like how I was like, no, not me. It doesn't happen. But it is. I mean, well, it's all about reading the room too, right? Like you get the feel of an audience as soon as you step on stage though. And it's like, you watch comics do it. Like if they aren't reading the room and if they aren't sort of going with what the energy of that room is, you kind of watch it happen in slow motion in real time. And it's like, you're, oh, they're about to eat it, you know? Yeah. You have to be able to pivot for sure. And I think that's something that you learn. Pivot! as you get, as you go through comedy, you kind of go through these milestones of like what you're learning. And that's kind of in the era where I am, where it's like, if they don't like your material, just like ditch it almost. You know what I mean? It's like, you're, you're funny for a reason. There's, you know, how to uh, connect with the crowd properly. Like you wouldn't be a standup if you didn't. So sometimes it's just better to drop it and just kind of just have fun I think comics forget to have fun on stage like that's the number one goal and if you're just memorizing something and it's not working and then you panic like your audience is going to ditch you like they're just yeah. gonna like, nope <laughs> yeah one thing that we learned during the last couple of years of the pandemic is that Canadian comics are basically cockroaches there's nothing that stops us there was still speakeasy shows and all that <laughs> stuff that happened the entire pandemic so here's what I wanted to ask you both especially when you're doing shows in Toronto you know, we're approaching World War Three. The the world's going to end very soon. Uh, do you think there will still be stand-ups trying to do open mics after the bomb? Do you think there will be? Yes. Well, it's almost it's almost meta actually in bomb shelters. But do you think there will be comics doing sign up and go ups in the post apocalypse? What do you think? Yeah, of course. I think it's like the only thing that will keep us from killing ourselves. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like comics are just going to be like. Why the, why the hell are we here? <laughs> I think, right. I think in the normal world, most of us are battling those demons. So I think in the post-apocalyptic world, we all just need, yeah, we're going to, it's just going to be like open mic. I'll do an open mic for some zombies. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. And how great <laughs> would it be to have a show just called the bomb shelter? It's you heard, very it meta. First. you heard it here first, Toronto. <laughs> Dean right? Young. That's very fourth wall type shit. All right, before we let you both go, because we could do this all day, but they tell us we aren't allowed to on this radio station. Uh, where can we find you both live, follow you on the social medias, all that good stuff. Eva Alexo, our good friend, we'll throw that to you first. We know, uh, congrats again, you have JFL 42 coming up in Vancouver. Where can we find you online, see you on stage, catch your shows in Montreal, all of the things. Oh, well, you can catch me um, February 23rd at Low Key Comedy at Just for Laughs 42. We got the kickback on the 24th, 25th. And then actually to go back in time on the 19th, I'll be back in Toronto at Comedy Bar doing all out comedy. There we go. Excellent. And Michelle Forrester, now here available in the six. Where can we find you online? See some of your live shows, all of that good stuff. 
Uh, I have a few shows coming up that I can't remember offhand, but I do want to plug Giggle Fest, which is happening in Montreal, April 6th to 9th in Montreal. It's it's a four-day comedy festival. There's 25 shows, over 80 artists. It's going to be insane. So if you're in Toronto and you want to head down to Montreal and catch some Montreal comedy, you can. Um, I think I have some shows in Toronto, but to be honest, um, I need a personal assistant and I don't remember any of them on the top of the <laughs> So you can follow me on Instagram at Michelle Forcer and I spam my stories with all the shows every single day. So there we go. Thank you both so much. Always love checking in with Montreal comics because again, it's there's nothing quite like Montreal. There's just a, <laughs> there's just a flavor to it. It's Canada, New Orleans, but uh, more dry and safe. Uh, all right. That is our show. Thank you again to Sashka DC and Dan James. Don't forget to catch their double bill. Ooh slash kombucha baby coming up live at Toronto's assembly theater. And of course, Eva Alexo and Michelle Forrester, Montreal invasion right here in Toronto. That is our show. Thank you to our entire panel. Don't forget. You can catch us every Saturday night here on six 40. And as always stream every single episode back to the dawn of time on global news online. We'll be back next week. Hi, this is Alicia Carusi. And you're listening to my aunt, Sandra Carusi's Comedy Rx. Today, we're listening to Sashka DC. Explain. Okay, so when I was a kid, my dad had a rule. And it was that we weren't allowed to watch any TV shows or movies unless there was at least three black people in it. Um, so what was that? That was like Family Matters, uh, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, I guess. Do we bring that up now? We don't bring that up anymore, right? Um, right? We tried to make the exception for uh, The Little Mermaid. But unfortunately, lobsters don't count as black people, so didn't really work out. Um, I come from a really big family. I have eight siblings. Yeah, it's weird to know your parents f- right? Like, they really enjoy it, I guess, you know? Um, yeah, having eight siblings is weird because, like, like they didn't, I guess, did they plan it? I don't know, because, like, I would have had, like, a sweatshop or something in the basement. Or like a cricket team, like something productive, you know what I mean? (laughs) 